That's okay. So shout out to my guy talking to New York Orlando for the audience who doesn't know uh Tony Orlando is uh originally from uptown New York City, right? Uh, I was actually born in Queens and I okay. lived a few years in the box. My man. Okay, perfect. So now Floridian resident, father, fucking just all around, fucking awesome guy. And I, through being your friend on Facebook, was then familiarized with this. You don't have to dox that Facebook group, but can you talk about what that is a little bit? The one that like deals with the, you know, where you're always talking about like the Yankees bringing up the, the, you know, younger players and what, with all the comments and you're basically like a fucking, you know, micro niche celebrity in this fucking bitch. Uh, more like a target, but yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's all the same, I guess. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I'm in, I'm in several groups, but the one specifically that you're talking about, um, like a I, I'm, card I'm, one? uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's like a Yankee um, one. Sorry. I don't want to step on you. Just so try to explain it as best you can. Cause I found well, it very interesting. Well, it's a, it's a Yankee fans group is what uh-huh. it is. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm, I'm a firm believer that most of the people in the group are probably a lot older than I am, uh, uh-huh. just by the dialogue that goes on on a daily basis and the way the the general thinking. Um, I mean, uh, we all know that baseball is an old person sport per se. It's yes. the oldest sport yes. on record. Uh, so those people like to try to keep it, the game as close to that time frame as possible, but it, it, uh-huh. it has to adapt. That's why they've got the pitch clock. That's why they've got rules that they put in place to speed up the game. I'm not a fan of speeding up the game. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind speeding um, it up, but I don't like putting a runner on second fucking base. I don't like that shit. Yeah, yeah, because at that point, you're you're skewing the statistics, which I'm not a fan of. Because a guy that 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 gets a hit, a lucky hit in the tenth inning, with a guy on second, they score the run. He pushes through a run. It's an RBI. And then, yeah, that was super fucking accurate. I was surprised that one actually went through. Um, but yeah, I mean, like like I said, it's it's a. a I'm assuming that a lot of people are are of the older generations, um, so they have a linear way of thinking, and they try not to think outside of that small box that they live in. Um, and I just, I, I'm in there every day and I'm usually harping with somebody every day. But my, my, my biggest thing was, is I've watched baseball since I was a kid. My grandfather introduced me to it. I've watched teams, multiple teams. I'm a Yankees fan. So I remember before Jeter, while Jeter was there, and now we're in the after Jeter time frame. Oh yeah, we are. They, they refuse, the Yankees as an organization refuse to bring up the youth and a in a timely fashion. Well, does fine. that have to do with service time and saving money? It, I think, it, I think they're, they got they're gonna caught use, a couple times with that. Yeah, they're they're going to use that as an excuse, and and it does it does play into like I don't know if you remember uh, when the Cubs brought up Chris Bryant. He was in spring training. He was supposed to make the team out of spring training. And they set him down. But, yeah, right. They kept him back for a month and a half, two months, just to get him to. Just to have him for an extra year on his initial contract. And the Yankees have been caught doing that a couple times too. Right. I think so, everybody kind of has, yeah. Right. So, but my thing is this is if you're the let, let's let's just call a spade a spade. The Yankees are next to the Cowboys, the most recognizable sports franchise on the planet. Oh, yeah, still. With with the Lakers being a close third, right? So you're not you're not suffering for a buck. You're you're not 
you're not trying to crunch dollars out of a, a Midwestern market team. You know what I'm saying? Like the Reds or the Royals. Like the fan bases, uh, they're all going to show up to the games no matter what. So why are you pinching dollars here and there and trying to save a few bucks here and there when the, it should be the the stigma of the team is is let's go out, let's win, let's do everything we can for the city, right? So why are you and and then you spend all this extra money on 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 guys you just don't don't really need? Like they signed Don, they bring in Donaldson on a trade. They got rid of the guy that was playing third base, <laughs> who was fine. He wasn't a he wasn't a a, a power hitter, but he was a hitter. He had a high average, and he was a great defensive player. But they brought him brought Donaldson in because former MVP, home run hitter, power guy, and then he did nothing. He hit like one seventy the entire time he was with the Yankees in the course of a year and a half. So you, instead of doing that, you could have played the other guy and then brought the kids up slowly, one by one. I know you don't want to flood the team with youth. Generally, that never works. It's just like in basketball. I'll, I'll use the Houston Rockets as, as an example. They've got a bunch of kids. Now they're starting to introduce veterans. So maybe it'll turn around. But when you introduce it, when, when you have an influx of young talent, it generally doesn't work out. However, over the past three, four years, specifically in baseball, it has turned to where if you have an influx of young talent, it is working. For example, the Baltimore Orioles. They've been garbage for the longest. They've been... They've had they had high draft picks that that they they did miraculously selecting the players that they did. And they traded and, Machado. They got a big return. Yeah. Right, right, and they got a good return. But they're in first place in the American League East. So Tampa is a young team, but they they they're really not. There's no power there. They're not going to do. They're not going to make a lot of noise. But you have perennial teams like Boston, Toronto, New York fighting for third, fourth, and fifth. But Baltimore's average team age. The team, the team age is like 24 and a half, which is unheard of. But they did it all in a year and a half. They have six hitters on the team who are under 24. So it, it can be done. And that and that's that's my that's my gripe in these groups is I'm like, you, the Yankees wasted all this time this year because they started out slow and Tampa started out super hot. So we were already, you're already behind the eight ball and then judge gets hurt. So that was a chance to bring up some of the kids and see, see what we have because you weren't going to do anything because for Tampa not to finish in first place, they're going to finish in second by a game or two, but for Tampa not to finish in first place, they would have had to have an epic collapse, right? which, which doesn't happen very often in baseball. You've got to be really bad to be up. I mean, at the end of the first month of, of the season, Tampa was up by like seven games on the rest of oh, everybody else in the division. It, it happens gradually, but the Yankees weren't built to come back from being so far behind. And it just got progressively worse. Like they were still technically, mathematically in it until two days ago, like for a playoff spot. But realistically, yeah. they've been out of a playoff spot since May 1st. So yeah. why would you waste all that time? So they finally bring up the kids. Uh, I don't know what made them do it. Uh, the talk was that Cashman didn't want to do it, and he was actually looking to trade some of the young talent to get bring in veteran players. And that Hal Steinbrenner put his foot down finally and said, "Hey, let's see what we got before you start handing out checks." So they brought up all the kids almost all at once. Now, none of them have been spectacular. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you that. 
Dominguez, who was their number one prospect for the longest, and then Volpe took over right before they brought him up at the beginning of this, this season. Dominguez came in in a, in a seven-game span. He had three home runs. He was batting 270, and it was great. And then he's out with Tommy John surgery. So now you've lost him for almost a year. So this kind of brings me to my question is, is Brian Cashman just like untouchable or is this the year that I, it finally I, happens? I don't know. Like every time somebody so, asks me that question, I, I just, I just, I just ask them, it, you have a job, right? You go to your job. The first five years you're at your job, you're amazing. If you don't do anything else for the next 19 years at your job, do you think you'd still have that job? Well, uh, to be fair, I think the Yankees were robbed in 2018. I think that was their year, and the Astros stole it from them. Yeah, uh, but but aside from that, and, and Girardi, but Girardi paid the price. He did, but Cashman but Girardi, didn't. But Girardi's not there because Girardi, for two reasons, Girardi pushed back on the the, the overuse yeah. of analytics, and the other part of it was he, him, and Gary Sanchez didn't see eye to eye because Girardi grew up as a catcher. He was, yeah. he was a cat, major league catcher. Uh, he already he, had to deal with Posada, yeah. At the end of his so, and he, he had told the organization that Sanchez was never going to develop into a decent defensive catcher, which is what they really need. Because uh, for those that don't know, when you're a catcher, you're not really counted on for offense. You're a defensive presence, and you're supposed to call the games and make the pitchers feel comfortable. That's yeah. it. Any offense you provide as a catcher is a bonus. Yeah. Now, you can't go in there and bat. 078 because then you look like an idiot but any offense you get is, is a bonus he was really good offensively the first year and a half and then he started to fall back on offense but as a catcher your main job is to catch the ball and that's something that he struggled to do so if huh. you can't catch the ball as a catcher you're kind of useless but they knew that because Girardi had already given that given them the heads up but because of that and his butt butting heads with the analytics being overly used they they like well you can you can see yourself out the door and they hired a puppet because Boone doesn't manage everybody knows that Boone doesn't actually manage the games it's they almost like they hand him the lineup card they hand him the lineup card they give him a script the analytics make all the pitching changes right he, and you can tell the analytics make the pitching changes because more often than not when the game is close at the end of games the pitcher that they bring in to pitch gets pelted. See, and I don't, so, I don't mind the analytics, Tony. But here's the thing: when it's fucking one nothing or one one in the eighth inning of a fucking playoff game, and I've got a runner on third with nobody out, why is the analytics not bunting that runner home and trading? You get 27 outs in a game. That's the one place where analytics has not caught up. You know, like because right, well, as a casual fan, I'm watching postseason baseball on LSD. And I'm like, bro, you get 27 outs, you're scoring an average of 2.75 runs in these postseason games, bunt the fucking run home. Right, but most most of the... Of Trade the low, that out for the run. Yeah, go ahead. Low level, most of the low-level teams will do that. Yeah, and by low they level actually teams, know I mean, how to bunt. They have guys who don't have, who don't have right. an ego, yeah, and actually know how to fucking lay down a bunt. Right, the Yankee, the Yankee analytics is based off of, let's hit the ball hard and let's hit the ball Over far. Over the left field... For a right field fence, yeah, a short and, porch. And whatever happens, happens. But you can't go by that. And the thing that bothers me the most is 
Boone's not a new guy. His grandfather played baseball. Yeah. He's a baseball lifer. Yeah. And you're and you're still a puppet. That bothers me. Because your grandfather is probably rolling in his grave knowing that you're you're not putting what what you've grown up to know and what you know to use because you're following a, a piece of paper. I mean, I guess he wanted some like Aaron Boone didn't make a shit ton of money as a player, right? That's the only thing I can think of. No. Is it- and and he wasn't even he had never managed before he got the Yankee job. Uh, he was at ESPN. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was an interesting hire. And I, I think Girardi really got it broke because 2018 was like that was the squad, that was the year, you know. And I think that Houston just really took it too far with the electronic buzzer on the fucking sternum. It's like, come on, man. Like, if yeah, we're all, but, huh? And, and and that's, uh, but I'm not going to keep harping on something like that because you still had, you've had the the bulk of the core of that group is some was up until last season. The core of that group yeah, is still but still together. If you got that done, it's 09 and it's 18, and it just changed. If you have that a ring in 18, it changes. It's a post Jeter ring. I mean, it's a lot of shit. And I like Girardi. You know, I like Girardi a lot. He used to have to come on Francesa every fucking week. You know what I'm saying? Answer fucking questions. Like, yeah, I never had a problem with Girardi. It's just uh, I saw some of the things that the that the were ownership... writing on the wall. Yeah, I saw some of the things that the ownership was like. Mm, you know, maybe he shouldn't be. Here. I I kind of get it because he was kind of almost too a little old prick, for the a little kids. Prick, a little prickly. Yeah. Yeah. But and, at the same yeah. at the same time, he'd been around baseball for so long, another lifer, that like you have to kind of respect what he's saying as the manager and take into well, account what he's saying. Well, Where dude, Boone his, will never step up, he'll never challenge dude, upper his name, management. His name is Joseph Girardi. Like if you built an AI in a lab to make a Yankee <laughs> manager, that would be what the name it fucking spits out. Exactly. Uh, so, well, what is your? I don't want to keep you too long. We can go if you and if you have any NBA thoughts after this, I want to get them real quick. But what just to, in conclusion, what is your gut feeling? Does Cashman or did George Steinbrenner on his deathbed say Cashman stays for life until he dies? Or what is your gut feeling that this might be the fall, the winter that it finally happens from from everything that I've read and everything that I've heard? If it's true that how put his foot down and forced mm-hmm. Cashman to call the kids up. Yeah. Then then he probably realized he doesn't need Cashman there. Yeah. And, and Derek. Boone, yeah, and, go ahead. And, and and Derek, right, Derek's in Derek's in the shadows. And yeah. Derek's right there. And Derek's yeah. a, a Yankee lifer. So that you can bring you can bring him right in. He's got connections. He knows the players still because he's not he hasn't been gone that long. And then and then you got to replace Boone and it's already been spoken that even though Mattingly's on the Toronto ah. Blue Jays coaching staff, he's always wanted to come back. Ah, ha, ha, ha. So it, I mean, it it all fits. If if there's a time for Cashman and Boone to be fired or let go, it's after the season ends. This season in, ends. I was in I was in uh, inpatient rehab in Long Island with this guy, and he had a fucking Yankee tattoo on his calf. And he had this photo where they had like the pinstripe Mustang on the concourse, you know, and <laughs> yeah. Ka- Cashman happened to be walking the concourse and he showed Cashman the tat and Cashman took one photo with this guy, pure heroin addict, you know, I think his name was Vincent DiCostanzo. He actually probably could have been 
done well. He could have had his own family. He could have been big here. Like he was like a Ga- <laughs> Gambino affiliate, but he just couldn't leave the fucking dope alone, you know. So yeah. he was like doing chimneys and whatever, and he was so fucking delusional that uh, like one time I was hanging out with him and like whatever is like one of the times I've never shot heroin, I've never smoked crack cocaine, but Vinny did get me to sniff, snort a little dope this one time, and uh, he was like Charlie, he's like we drove by this catering hall and. Long Island called Sandcastle. And he's like, oh, that place is fucking beautiful. He's like, I'm telling you. He's like, when I finish with these fucking chimneys. And he he thought that because he had this photograph with Brian Cashman that he was going to be able to like call on him somehow or something, you know? And oh, he, it, all, it always stuck with me. He goes, he goes, you'll see Charlie. He goes, one day, he's going to throw you a big party over here at Sandcastle. And he goes, top shelf everything. Jeter and all the boys. And that's what you're looking for, right? Is Jeter and all the boys, Matt. That's and it. And and I think and I think that behind the scenes they're slowly working on doing that. And I don't know huh. if Boone's Boone's because Andy Pettit's already a a pitching yeah. uh, super uh, supervisional coach or something. Yeah, that's whatever, some, the, whatever the fuck, some random yeah. time. So why not why not bring that core group of guys back into the fold? Paul O'Neill's already Paul O'Neill and David Cohn are in the press box. They do the games with Michael K. Uh, Mar- yeah. Mariano's always in and out of the building. Yeah. Mattingly has been dying to come back to be either the manager or on the managing staff, the coaching staff. You've got, I mean, there, there's pieces there. And that that'll show the fans and the city that you're really interested in winning. As Jeter. opposed to bring, bringing yeah. in a guy that had one lucky home run in 2003 Just, and never managed anything before. Jeter, Jeter really has to love the fucking sport, bro, to be that rich and be willing to come back and get in. Because with Miami, it was about getting a foot in the door and the ownership stake and like whatever. But for this, it would just have to be like, yeah, the love of the game. Uh, yeah. Do you have and, and any? He, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say, and he could, he could. I'm almost positive that Hal would let him do whatever he wanted. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, that's and that's what Hal wants. You know, it's like how sometimes the great players they walk all over the weak coaches, but they actually yeah. want the coach to come in and be like, "LT, fucking drop and give me fifty, you fucking coke addict, fucking fuck." Like <laughs> they want, like I'm like that as a recording artist, as a DJ. If you know what you're doing, I want to be coached. You know, I don't right. mind you rustling me up. Hey, Charlie, what the fuck is going on? The stage rotation is fucking loose. What the fuck is going on? Rosette hasn't been up all night. You know, you're playing too much fucking, you know, reggaeton, like whatever. Even if it's kind of arbitrary, do something to wake me up a little bit, you know, every night. As long as you're not like calling me a fucking scumbag and talking about my mom or whatever. Uh, right. That's right. that's and, management. Go ahead. Go ahead. And just to finish up with, with this. No, with you're this fine. One. You're, you're good, bro. Not only, not only would you would bringing Jeter and family. I'm just gonna say family because yeah, they Jeter were for so boys. long. Top shelf everything. Right. Jeter and all the boys. Not only will that show the city and the fans that you want to win, but because Jeter came in so young, and because he came in, he came up with the majority of those guys that he played with. He gets what the kids are going to be going through next year when they bring them all up into spring training and they're all competing for starting jobs. He's already been there where Boone wasn't a big deal when he came out, when he was drafted 
You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't get it. He's always had to fight really hard to to get where he is. And I can appreciate that part of it. But you were never high, a highly touted prospect, so you don't get it. Where Jeter understands that. Every Mariano under, understands that. Bernie Williams understands that. They all uh, Andy Pettit they all came up together. I think you need some Spanish speakers too. I mean, in 2024 in Major League Baseball, you know, I think you're doing a disservice if you don't have guys, you know, that can fucking because a lot of the best players in the fucking game are, you know, not only primary Spanish speakers, but don't even speak English necessarily. Hardly at all. Like Dominguez's first interview was all in Spanish, and I was really upset. I was really upset. Why, as a Latin American, you feel like that's giving it a bad? He looks yeah, like, like uneducated he, or something, or you've been here long enough, or yeah, he's twenty and a half, and he's been on the Yankees, and he was in the Yankees farm system at sixteen. But where he's, do you come from, Dominica? Yeah, but it's been four years, dude. Four years, where though? And fucking bouncing, bouncing, bouncing around in in the minor leagues, like rookie wow. rookie ball, hot low A, high A, yeah. double A. Like it's been four that's years. Hilarious. And he hasn't even fucking. That's a kind of amazing. Now he did speak English the second interview he did, but the first interview, it was all in Spanish, and he had the translator. And I'm like, come on, man. That's kind of amazing, but I see your perspective. It, 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 I just, if you're gonna be playing specifically baseball, you you got to be. If all the baseball teams are in America except for the Blue Jays. Well, and the Marlins and no, are in the capital of Latin America. Like, yeah, I New mean, York. If it was Miami, you could kind of be like, uh. Yeah, you can get away with it. Because down but, here, yeah. No, go ahead. But what? But but we we shall see because there there needs to be a big change, and I'm hoping that, like, I, I don't ever wish my teams to lose. I really don't. But I think they needed to be hovering around 500 for this change to to no, be I think as a merited. Casual, as a casual observer and someone who lived in New York from 05 to 9, or in the Tri-State area from 05 to 19, I think Cashman needs to fucking go. I think, yeah. you know, that's my fucking position on it. I think he's been there long enough. And so do you have, do you have any NBA thoughts that you want to get to before we scamper out of here? Uh, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good for as long as you are. So go ahead. You could, I mean, um, top stories being Dame Lillard, James Harden, where do you want to? What are you? What are you thinking about? I, I missed the I missed the last part of the Lillard thing. Is is he going to LA or what? Or like all of a sudden Toronto's well, in play? So yeah, but what I the vibe I'm kind of getting is that Masai is probably just Cronin was probably just reaching out to everybody in the league and being like, "Help me out," and he probably finally got Masai. And he was like, Masai, come on, help me out. If you l- help me leverage this a little bit, you'll at least weaken Miami, you know? Yeah, because and... it can't it can't be a straight up team for team. It's got to be a third or fourth, even fourth team involved. So, and then that's the other thing. Pr- pressure Miami a little bit, weaken Miami if you're Toronto. That's the and then somebody has to emerge as the third team. Maybe we're looking at a four-team deal ultimately that involves the Clippers and the Sixers, and they're talking about Nurkish to the Suns and all this other shit. And also, if I were Miami, I think they're playing a little bit. They're playing a little bit too hardball, you know. Like right. I, I would just be like, "Hey, man, we'll give you the Go Bear package, five picks." Now, that's not necessarily going to f- come in the form of five unprotected picks, like Puro exclusivamente, but I'll give you 
Haquez, who basically is a first round pick this year, Jovic, right. who's a brand new player and is good. And then I'll give you three more, you know, picks and or swaps. I'll give you five fucking picks. Those two players plus fucking three picks and or swaps. And I'll give you whatever the fuck it is you want. You want Caleb Martin. You want fucking, you want me to take back Nurkic. You want fucking Kevin Love. You want, basically you can have whatever the fuck it is you want, except for Jimmy and Bam. And then you got to match the salary. Right. And so, so what I was thinking was like, if it was to be Miami, Dame to Miami, then Portland just needs to be like, hey, we'll take Hero because they don't really technically have a three-point threat per se once Dame leaves. And then we'll take Love's expiring contract and two or three draft picks and call it a day because you can't hold this guy hostage after he's given you everything that he's that he's had for, what, 10, Damn. 12 years? Yeah, they. I don't know. I mean, at first, but now I'm kind of like, uh, you guys could have finessed it a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Like now, but I think Dame's position is Cronin's being a fucking asshole. Dame's right. position is, yo, you told me you were going to, you said, sit me down, tank the shit. You get the third pick and you were going to get me help with the third pick. When you said help, I thought you meant trade the fucking pick, not fucking a guy who plays my fucking position. Right. So I understand Dame, but with Miami, I would be taking more of the high road and being like, look, bro, it's fucking whatever. You have because what you don't want now, if you're Miami, is for it not to happen, or maybe it'll drag out longer. But if he does end up and Masai's shown you, hey, I'll fuck around and do that shit. And bro, if he keeps Ananobi and he keeps Scotty Barnes and he keeps fucking Pascal and he gets Dame. I mean, if I'm Masai Ujiri, I'm thinking I can get Dame Lillard into a room and say, hey, bro, the East is fucking wide open. You think we right. can't beat fucking Boston? Are you fucking kidding me, bro? We'll smoke Boston. You think we can't beat Philly? They're fucking choke artists. They're mentally fucking weak. We'll smoke them. Milwaukee, Giannis already wants out. Giannis wants to come play here on the low, Nigerian to Nigerian. So I, you know, but the problem is Kawhi was under contract for a year. Dame's four years. So I don't know, bro. The Miami fucking reporters on the pods are very, very hoi toy, you know, and they're very like, oh, we're going to get it done in fucking, fucking Portland. And it's like, dude, just give them the go bear package. Just give them the best fucking trade. Who cares about the fucking market, bro? Like, if you're confident. You know, I think if you have Jimmy, Bam, and Dame, you'll fill it in. And they can't take everything. That's the thing. They can't take Caleb Martin and fucking Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and fucking, uh, you know, like Haywood Highsmith. Or they can only take so many players. They can only take right. like you know two big matching salaries. Or and if you want to send us Nurkic, give me fucking Nurkic. That's great. Let Nurkic play the four. He can fucking start, you know, shoot some trays. Uh, but it is, and I think Cronin, you know, is in trouble. And then I don't know what the fuck, you know, it, now quietly, tell me if you agree. I think Philly's actually kind of had a nice offseason. No, so just the minimum signings. Go ahead. What what is the deal with James Harden? Is he's clearly not going to be there when the season starts, right? So I think that they are going to not have him report or whatever. Okay. If it's not done, because they said that in Houston, Kelly Oubre and 
James Harden basically fought over this this lady, and she eventually chose Ubre, and now she's married to Kelly Ubre. Oh, and they just signed Ubre, right? So, and that that's yeah. a sneaky good signing, though. Yeah, well, so they've had a couple sneaky decent ones: Patrick Beverly, uh, motherfucking Danny Green, um, and then they have uh, they have Ubre, you know, and uh. That's that's not bad, bro. I mean, Ubre on a minimum, you know, is something to prove. So why don't they why don't they send why don't they send James? Well, they're gonna have to send him away. But why don't they send him back to Houston, get one of those players and maybe a pick? Well, I don't I, know how. Yeah, I everyone's like, oh, the package from the Clippers is dog shit, bro. It's Norman Powell, Robert Covington, Marcus Morris, and like some pick. Like, bro, that's pretty fucking flag. Yeah, like, that's, I mean, because Powell's a twenty-point scorer. All those guys can score. Marcus Morris is tough as shit. Rocco is fucking three Yeah, yeah, bro. Norm Powell, bro. Like, but the, I, I can't see. I can't see the Sixers doing too much. One until they get rid of Harden, and two, they got to ditch Tobias Harris. Man, that's the other one, right? It, it's like it, he's run his course. He's maximized his talents. He stretched out his career as long as possible. But now you got Max. If you're playing Maxi at the one and Ubre at the two. I don't even know if Ubre would. Yeah, I'm not even sure if Ubre would start. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what what he does. But you're right. I mean, I think that fucking if you put Tobias on like just some middling team, you know, he could probably. Like, bro, with the Pistons, he was like, chill, but it's just not going to be a winning situation. Uh, And I feel bad. He was like that in Orlando, too. Oh, that's right. He played for you guys, too. Uh, Well, okay, so it's coming to a close. But, yeah, I just, I, uh, I, I think it's, it's a shame because I watched James Harden put up fucking 40 points. Like, bro, I wouldn't have even brought him beat back for game two of the East semis last year. If you won game one without him, you know, like. That's why I kind of understand where Harden's coming from. Is he's like, "Yo, fuck you guys! I won Game One of the Eastern Conference Semis with no fucking Joel Embiid on the fucking road." You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I still have something left, and but it it just is unfortunate because it's like you're gonna leave the reigning MVP. Right. And plus, you're talking your way out of everywhere you've been. Yeah, that starts to look a little. Uh. Well, fuck it. I guess we'll see uh, what happens. And uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I know it's been a minute, so thank you. It has. And and don't forget. No closing thought. Yeah, don't forget. NBA preseason starts in three weeks. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to to try to – we'll rejoin and we'll do an MLB postseason preview and we'll uh, we'll get an NBA uh, uh, preseason. Shit, we didn't even talk any NFL. Alpha just can't let Udoka go. How did he fucking dominate the first half of the first? No, he, yeah, I knew that was going to pop up. And the Adam Schefter, the Adam Schefter thing. That's on every pod for like the past six. (laughs) Talking to New York, you are, you are the goat. Thank you, brother, man. I appreciate you. Audience will fuck with y'all. Holla. Peace.